welcome to church and or if this is your first time with us, um, then Anointing Sunday really is a, a day where at the end of our service, every single service we've done, we just take a moment to pray for and anoint with oil every person in our church. Now really what we're doing is we're just affirming as we pray for people and anoint them with oil, we're just affirming uh, the anointing that God already has on your life. You're anointed by the Holy Spirit, you're a follower of Jesus and God's got a plan for you, God's got a purpose for you and all we're doing is we're saying, man, we agree with God uh, on His call for your life and we believe He's got something incredible for you to do this year and so at the end of our service, that's what we're gonna be doing. We'll be taking some time to do that uh, before we do that though, before we even get close to there, we are so blessed tonight to have uh, one of our teaching pastors who's on our staff, the incredible, the phenomenal, the exemplary, Haley Barrett. I like this. How are you guys doing tonight? You good? Jeez, what an incredible Sunday. It's so good to be with the East Congregation, the Botany Congregation. These are my roots, I gotta tell you. I went to Howitt College, just down the road. I was in Bell House. Was anyone else in Bell House? Yes, Cilicia, and nice harmonies. I heard those, they were beautiful tonight, all right. Hey, you guys doing good? You can go ahead and get your sermon notes out. I'm gonna pray. Father, we thank You, Lord, for Your Word. We thank You that it is living and active. It has the power to change us. Lord, I pray that You'd speak to us tonight. And I pray, Lord God, actually, Lord, I just pray right now that You would just strip down some walls and some barriers. God, I pray that You grace us to become vulnerable before You tonight. Lord, I pray that after this message, Lord, that we would look more like You, that we would know You better. And I pray that we will be more empowered to outwork Your mission on this earth. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen and amen. You know that period between Christmas and New Year's? I'm calling it, that is the weirdest time of year, isn't it? Like you never know what day it is. I don't know about you, Steve. I'm always shocked when people manage to turn up for church on a Sunday. Like how do they know what day it is? You're constantly eating ham, right? Because you got so much ham left over from Christmas. At the end of that period, you're like, we're never doing ham for Christmas again. And then the next year you're eating ham again because you don't really eat ham at any other time of the year unless you go to the Howitt Club and then they always, have it in their buffet. All right, a bit of a heart club joke right there, okay? Just showing that I am, in fact, a local, okay? I'm trying to connect with you tonight, right? You know, it's an awkward time of year, right? Like, you're either at the beach, right, or you're at the shops, which is super strange because you just had Christmas Day and got a whole bunch of new stuff and probably spent all your money, so you do the financially irresponsible thing and go to Botany or Sylvia Park and just spend everything that you don't have. It's so odd. How is it that the most popular shopping day of the year comes after the day where you get a whole bunch of gifts? That makes literally zero sense. It's an odd time of year, isn't it? And you know, it's funny because it's where life tends to kind of naturally slow down, right? There's a bunch of public holidays, school's not happening, sports not ha not, is not happening. And so you kind of just naturally slow down a little bit, don't you? And I don't know about you, but when I slow down, like I tend to get a bit ref reflective, you know? I just start thinking, thinking about my life thinking about how my year went, thinking about where I'm at, thinking about whether or not I achieved the things that I needed or wanted to achieve, thinking about where my life is at, thinking about whether or not I'm measuring up to the measures that I set myself. I don't know if you do this too, but you know, the truth is, is that it begs the question, man, how do you go about measuring a life? 
How do you go about judging a life? How do you go about defining whether or not you are successful, whether or not you are measuring up or not? I don't know if you've ever been in like a small group. A small group leaders do this game. I apologize beforehand for this illustration, but I don't know if you've ever been in a tutor group at university or maybe you're like in a new work team and the leader says this statement. So they say, listen, let's go round the group. You introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. And we all outwardly smile and inwardly cringe, right? You know, and the thing is, is that I don't know about you, but like the moment that they say that, like I start to panic. I'm like, what do I say? How do I boil my life down into like a 10 second sentence? And it gets worse, you know, because normally what happens is people start going around the group and they say, hi, I'm Rebecca, married, two kids. Didn't mean to make that lifelike. It was just what came to me. I'm so sorry. Yeah, keep going, keep preaching. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then they'll say, hi, Karen. No, just joking, I'm not. Just calling people out, all right? You know, they'll go around the group, I'll like, Steve, you know, two kids. I'm sorry, it's not happening on purpose. You know, they'll go around the group and they'll say, you know, oh, this is my name, Ray, two children, you know, Katie, through married, three children. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what do I say? Because it feels too oddly personal to say, Haley, single, you know? <laughs> like married people, spare a thought for the single person in the group when you start the game that way, right? But you know, it's so funny because most of us, we will all default to the same labels and layers. Most of us will say a version of our name. We might say our age or our life stage. We'll probably say our occupation. We'll say where we're from. We all default to the same measures, the same labels with which we use to define our life. It's interesting because humanity have been using the same ones for centuries. Check it out, 1 Samuel chapter 16. The context of the verse is this. Israel is in need of a king. And so God sends out the prophet Samuel. He's like, you're gonna anoint the new king of Israel. And he sends him to the sons of Jesse. And Samuel arrives there and he's quite impressed. Like the sons of Jesse look very impressive, but check out what God says. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his height or his appearance for I have rejected him. Samuel goes on to like, it goes on to say that all the sons of Jesse pass in front of Samuel and the king is not among them. And so Samuel says to Jesse, do you have any other sons? This is Jesse's response. First Samuel 16, verse 10 to 11. Jesus had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Sam, Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? Get this. There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. There is still the youngest, and he is tending the sheep. Three things that we all define our lives by. Appearance, age, and occupation. Three things that all of us measure and judge our lives, and get this, the lives of those around us by appearance, age, and occupation. Now you might be saying, Haley, it's 2019. Like I am deeper than this. 
Like I am more woke than that, right? All right. Thought I'd throw that out, okay. Was that the correct usage? Someone tell me, quickly. You know? I'm not so superficial to judge the lives of those around me by appearance, age, and occupation. You think so? Because I think this is something that we all do. See, all of us, we all observe appearance, don't we? Someone walks into church. You know, appearance goes far beyond short or tall, skinny or fat, or well-dressed or not well-dressed. You know, someone walks into church and you make observations on their facial expressions. You look at them, are they smiling or frowning? Someone comes into church, you make observations on their energy levels. Do they look tired or do they appear energetic? Someone walks into church, you make observations based on the way that they dress. Are they trendy or do they kind of walk to the beat of their own drum? We observe, get this, and then we make interpretations, don't we? And so you might observe someone rolling into church in a family van and you interpret that they got a bunch of kids. Come on, it might just be a prophetic family van. Yeah. yeah. You know? Or you might observe that someone comes in wearing exercise tights, they got their little Fitbit, and you interpret that they are very into fitness. Listen, I gotta tell you that I have worn many exercise tights when I have not been going for runs. You know, I left my house one day and I was in like the super fit like get up and my neighbor literally goes to me, are you going to the gym? And this is how I responded. <laughs> because you, <laughs> you know when you don't wanna lie but you don't wanna shut them down so you just laugh? <laughs> you know? We observe and then we interpret. We do it with age as well, but I'm gonna frame age more as life stage because I think that that's more modern. Most of us, we fray or put ourselves into a life stage. And many of us, the angst that we feel is that we perceive we are in the wrong life stage for our age. A lot of the angst that we feel is because we're sitting here when we think that we should be over there. We fit ourselves into a life stage. So you might be here and you label yourself as millennial. Millennials are funny, eh? Like millennials always like throw other millennials under the bus, but pretend they stand outside of it. They're like, millennials do this. You are a millennial, you know? I do that all the time. You know, you might fit yourself into like middle age or like a baby boomer or whatever. Most of us fit ourselves in to a certain life stage and we get a lot of angst if we feel like we're not sitting in the correct life stage for our age. How about this one? How about occupation? How many of us define our lives by occupation? How you spend your time, be it stay-at-home mum, CEO, cleaner, teacher, whatever, good or bad, we define our lives by what we do. And I really find like the Holy Spirit give me a word today. As someone who is carrying, listen, the expectation of a good job. And listen, you've been saying things like, man, I'm always tired. I feel like I'm on the verge of burnout. But when you tally up your hours, you're not even working this that much. But the reason being that you're feeling so tired and worn out is because, listen, you have let what you do become who you are. And so even though you're going home from work, you never clock off. Because you have let your identity be defined by what you do. And so you are never off the clock. We define, and actually I really felt that there was someone in there, in here who that was word was for. And I wanna encourage you, Steve, not to do this to you, but 
Can that person go see Pastor Steve after the service? Because I believe he's gonna pray you into some freedom tonight, okay? In Jesus' name. So please come forward if that was you. But this is how we define our lives. We do it by appearance. We do it by age or life stage. We do it by occupation. We all observe. We interpret. We make a judgment. And let me push you here. We call it discernment. We observe we interpret, we make a judgment, and we call it discernment. Discernment is a spiritual gift. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 10. I'm gonna read out the whole passage. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. Let me say that again, discerning of spirits. Note that there are three words in that spiritual gift, not just one. Discerning of spirits to another different kind of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Discernment is a spiritual gift. And I have met many believers who function wonderfully in the gift of discerning of spirits, but I have also met many believers who function incredibly in its lesser known cousin, discerning of outfits or discerning of haircuts, or discerning of facial expressions, discerning of emotions, discerning of motives. Let me break it down for you tonight. Any judgment, any interpretation, any observation that is based on the outward appearance can never be called discernment because discernment is always to do with the Spirit. If you are making observations and interpretations based on someone's outward appearance, friend, can I tell you that is not discernment, that is judgment. Because judgment is always to do with the Spirit. You know, but you might be hearing something, but Haley, what's so wrong with it? What's so wrong with these little judgments? What's so wrong with measuring other people's lives by appearance, age, and occupation? Let me tell you what the issue with it is using the words of Jesus. Matthew 7, verse 2. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Church, let me tell you that if you go around judging people by their outward appearance, let me tell you what you will judge yourself by. See, the truth is if I go around holding a mirror up to humanity and saying, this is what you look like, this is how you measure and judge your life, appearance, age, and occupation, then let me tell you that sooner or later, I have to take a look in the mirror myself. I have to judge myself by the same measures that I have been judging everyone else by, appearance, age, occupation. And so if I looked in the mirror, what would I see? Haley, pastor, not married, renting, super tall, 
really pasty, even in summer. Is that really all that I am? Strip my life back from layers and labels. Is that really what my life is reduced down to? So I don't know what your 2018 looked like. I don't know if you achieved the things that you set out to achieve. I don't know what battles you fought and what mountains you faced down. Perhaps you came in here and you felt like 2018 didn't add from you, it took from you. You left it with the same layers and layers that you entered it with, same age, same occupation, same life stage. Perhaps you didn't feel like you had anything to show for it at all. You know, a month ago, I was talking to the Lord and I was talking to him about my 2018. I was talking to him about my layers and my labels. And the Lord gave me this impression. I had the impression of a conversation in heaven. People were discussing whatever, my labels, my layers. And I had this impression of God entering the conversation. And God stopped. And God listened. And then God interrupted and said, you should see her spirit. But you should see her faith. You should see her hope. You should see her perseverance. You should see her faith. Because man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Samuel 16, 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his height or his appearance for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. You might have walked into church today feeling like you came empty-handed. You might be saying, listen, I got no money in the bank. And God says, but you've never been richer in faith. You might be walking in here saying, listen, my marriage has never been rockier. And God says, but your heart has never so overflowed with love. You might have walked in here saying, I have never felt so confused. But God says, you've never listened for my voice harder. You might have walked in here saying, I still don't have a job. And God says, but you've never been so determined because God sees past the layers and the labels, and God sees to the heart. Man of God, God is saying of you, but you should see his spirit. You should see her spirit. Come on, because man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Man, maybe you're walking into 2019 this year and you're saying, listen, I still don't have the right layers. I still don't have the right labels. Wrong appearance, wrong life stage, wrong occupation. Don't worry, friends, they were never what qualified you anyway. 1 Samuel 16, so Samuel took the horn of oil come on, and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. 
This is the only Old Testament example of the Spirit of God coming and abiding, coming and remaining upon an Old Testament figure. Can I tell you today that it is an Old Testament picture of a New Testament reality? Because when the Spirit of God comes upon your life, He doesn't come to leave. He comes to make a home. He comes to stay. Let me tell you today that it was never David's age that qualified him for the kingship. It was never David's occupation which qualified him. It sure as heck wasn't his appearance. The only thing that qualified David for the kingship was that he was anointed. And I was just wondering if there are some faith-filled people in the house who are saying, listen, I might have the wrong layers and I might have the wrong layers, but I'm walking in with confidence. Why? Because I am anointed. Strip me back and do you know what I'll find? I am a child of God. So I'm walking into 2019 like I'm healed because I'm a child of God. I'm walking in like I can do all things because I'm a child of God. I'm walking in like I'm victorious because I'm a child of God. Friends, it was never your age, your appearance or your occupation that qualified you. It was always and only the Spirit of God living in you. Come on, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. I was just wondering if there's some people who wanna leave labels in 2018, saying I'm not gonna look at my life the way the world looks at my life. I'm not gonna define myself by the way the world defines myself. I'm not looking at myself that way anymore. Layers, labels, you belong in last year, why? Because I am anointed. And so if that's you, stand to your feet. Saying I'm leaving labels in 2018. Stand to your feet across this place. I'm leaving labels and layers in 2018. I'm not defining my life by that anymore. I'm making a stand. Come on, when you stood to your feet, those labels and layers stayed where you sat. The old has passed. The new has come. You're a new creation. Hands up across this place. Lord, right now I break off the power of labels and layers upon these people's lives. God, right now I speak to mindsets and I say, let there be a paradigm shift. We will not just judge ourselves by the outward appearance. No, 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 we will see ourselves the way you see us. I speak over you today that your identity is son, your identity is daughter. And right now I pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. May this year be marked with the anointing of God. You say in your word, oh God, that the paths of the righteous drip with abundance. Well, I pray in Jesus' name that your path this year will drip with the the Spirit of God. I pray for those who do not feel qualified and I break the power of the not enough mindset in Jesus' name. You are more than enough. You are more than a conqueror through Christ who gives you strength. With every eye closed and every head still bowed, there's one more group of people I wanna speak to. Maybe you came in here today and you have yet to make a decision for Jesus. Let me tell you for a second about you. You were created for peace. You were created for purpose. You were created for a plan. You were created for a relationship with God. You were created for eternity. 
but you don't have that peace, that purpose right now. Why? Well, the Bible talks about sin. Sin separates us from God. Sin is our decision to go our own way. But God loved us way too much to leave us where we were. And so the Bible says Jesus, who knew no sin, He became sin so that you and I could become the righteousness of God, so that we could have the peace, the relationship with Him that we were created to have. If you want that today, that is only a decision away. It is the decision to turn from your sin and make Jesus the Lord of your life. If that's you in this place, in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. If you're here and you're saying today, I wanna make Jesus the Lord of my life. I wanna lay hold of the thing that I was created for, peace, purpose, a plan more than anything, a relationship with God. If that's you, I I wanna, on the count of three, for you to raise your hand. You're saying, that's me. I wanna make Jesus my Lord this year. One, God loves you. Two, He's speaking you right now. Three, if that's you, raise your hand across this place. Raise your hand. If you're saying today, I wanna make that decision. Thank you, God bless you. I see that hand. You wanna make that decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Thank you, God bless you. Anyone else who's saying, I wanna make Jesus the Lord of my life. Church, repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner in need of a Saviour. Today, I give my life to You, holding nothing back. I turn from sin and follow You. Thanks to You, I'm free. In Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. God bless you, church. You can take your seats. I'm gonna invite Adrian back up. Hey, what a great message. Can we